we're still in the family. Still looking at what does God say about the family? Because it's important. You know, uh, a lot of times we have family reunions around somebody's uh, birthday. Grandma, grandpa. And everybody comes in on the first Saturday in August or the second Saturday in May or whatever, whenever the birthday is close, we all get together. And we do it, our, our reasoning is to honor a loved one, but in the end, we all get to have a good time. And we stay connected. It's because our parents' legacy keeps us connected and haven't you known of a mother or father or grandpa uh, passing away? And that's it. We're done. Suddenly, a few people can't make it in the next one. And then the next year, a couple more people just can't make it in. Before you know it, it's just a handful of folks. Getting together is very powerful. In fact, the story we find here in uh, the book of Genesis, chapter 50, is pretty powerful. I think it speaks to today really well. It is the story of trusting God when family gets complicated. And doesn't it get complicated? It gets complicated when the next generation doesn't have the same principles of the previous generation. When we forget to stay in touch and celebrate and encourage, love each other. We're always busy, always traveling. We've got to travel. It's, you know, at least once or tw two weekends a month. We've got to go to Asheville or something. And if that means mom and dad don't see us, they'll get over it. It's a shame that life gets complicated, and so does family. In the book of Genesis chapter 50, verse 15, and, and you know the story probably of how um, Joseph had been sold into slavery because his brothers hated him, because his dad spoiled him and made him the favorite. And so they were angry at their dad, and they took a goat and they killed it and put the blood on Joseph's famous coat of many colors. They shredded it like a lion had attacked him and they took the bloody garment back to dad. I doubt they really had a clue how severe would be the grief. Eventually, Joseph ended up in Egypt. He, with a wonderful turn of events, showed himself to be magnificent and everybody loved him. He saved the day by advising how to raise and store crops when the famine was about to come and everything changed because Joseph was in town. Then his brothers came to visit. His brothers needed food. The famine had hit Israel hard. So they came and they offered to buy food from him. He sold them the food. They thought he was dead, so they didn't recognize him. He was much older. He knew them. 
And so he gave them the food they needed. He uh, took one of the golden goblets of the kingdom and hid it in the knapsack of his youngest brother. When he did that, he sent the soldiers to check them out. And they said, how dare you? After all our kindness, one of you is a thief. And they opened up the knapsack and there it was. Benjamin was in his stuff. Joseph knew it would be great pain because they were going to keep Benjamin, going to arrest him, keep him. And the brothers were terrified going back to their dad when he had already lost Joseph. Now he lost his next youngest son. So uh, they all finally got together. Joseph came back to, to Egypt. He came back to Egypt, great reunion, much love, celebration. They were amazed that Joseph was now this wonderful, powerful uh, leader in all of Egypt, second most powerful man in the world behind Pharaoh. And so uh, they rejoiced how good God had been. But now we find that dad has passed away. For those of us who lost our parents, Mother's Day and Father's Day, it's a little tender. So let's take a look at verse 15, chapter 50. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now, please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept. And when they spoke to him, and then his brothers also came, fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today, so do not fear, I will provide for you and for your little ones. Thus, he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. This is the word of God. Family life, it gets complicated quickly. Divorce comes, somebody drops out of school, a uh, baby's born, elderly people that we adore, they take their, their last breath and it makes things tender. Do you ever notice on social media, particularly Facebook, the posts that say, happy birthday in heaven, mom, or happy 16th birthday in heaven? It's heavy on our heart. And we just want people to know that we've had a loss 
but we've also had a wonderful person. Sometimes when Mother's Day comes, we all put pictures of deceased moms because we want to remember them and we want others to remember them, how special they were. Life can get complicated. People in our family don't always marry wisely, if you know what I'm saying. And you don't want to say anything, but you sure wish you would have taken a little more time or he would have taken a little bit more time because when we choose in haste, there's often a price to pay. And when our lives get complicated, guess what? Everybody's life gets complicated. And for Joseph, wow, did it get complicated. I mean, here he's separated from his folks and He's like an Elon Musk. He's like a, a financial genius, agricultural genius. And he saves the world. But he's lost his family. He wished he could see them one day. He did. So as family life gets complicated, it also means that broken relationships lead to broken behavior. Wouldn't you say that things were broken for Joseph? I mean, holy cow. One moment, you're the dude. I mean, you're the man. You're strutting around. You're wearing some pretty cool clothes. And your brothers look at you and they're jealous. And to be honest, you kind of like it. So what does that mean? It means that dad probably wasn't very wise to so clearly favor one son over the rest. And because he didn't listen and he didn't care about that apparently, it meant that broken relationships existed between many of the brothers and Joseph. And so there was no love lost. There was no bond between them. Have you not seen that at family reunions? You're there and you see one of the family members brought a little bowl of salad as their contribution. And then they take their plate and they load that rascal up till it's just about to explode. And they go back again and again for that little pitiful bit of salad that they bought in a bag at Walmart, almost at Target. So what happens? What do we do? Well, when things are broken, broken behavior comes out every time. There's a reason people do what they do. And it's usually not because they're evil. It's because they're broken. You can't really expect good, healthy things out of broken people. So when things get broken, the pain continues on. And we show up and we do things. We bring our third or fourth husband or wife to the gatherings. We talk about how hard it is and we're just tied to money and yet we're going on really extravagant vacations. Their children are so much smarter than our children, or so they say. So broken things happen. Broken things happen. And we're not surprised. In fact, the real surprise should be if your family's broken, 
if they acted normal. So we're not surprised when they do what they do. And then we've got to decide how do we respond? How do we do what God teaches about loving one another, forgiving one another, bearing one another, putting up with one another? Sincere faith, sincere faith shines in darkness. It's one of the great lessons of Scripture when Jesus tells us in Matthew and says, we need to understand that we are a city on a hill. We're not supposed to be a city on a hill. No, no. You are. You were made by Father to live the life of the new covenant. And Jesus was continually trying to tamp down the people who wanted to live by the old law. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You knock my tooth out, buddy, I'm going to hold you down and pop you a good one. Knock your tooth out. Wow. Really? Is that how we're going to live? No, sincere faith shines in the midst of darkness. And it's one of the hardest things you'll ever do to practice a sincere faith in the midst of darkness. What do you do if you've got a loved one who's an addict? Do you throw them under the bus? Do you say, you just ran through $75,000 of our retirement money because you're out of control and you promised us you'd get well. You didn't get well. You just milked us for everything. And we get angry. We count our money more than our loved ones. We get frustrated when our children have an opportunity for college and they're like, I don't know that I want to settle down yet. I'm just going to live for a while. And we get very upset that they're failing. They're entering into darkness. So we let our light shine through mercy, through grace. We let our light shine by being kind, by being welcoming. Because it's in the midst of darkness that a little light really lights it up. Now, I've not been in Appalachian Caverns yet. I'll bet a few of you have. I've been to Mammoth Cave, largest cave system in the world. I went down in Mammoth Cave with some of our high school seniors back in the day. We sat in the uh, rotunda waiting area. The guide was waiting for everybody to catch up and have a seat on the log benches. This won't shock you if you know me. He said, any questions? Anybody have any questions uh, about Mammoth Cave thus far? And I raised my hand, so sincere like. And he said, yes, sir, what's your question? I said, is it true that bats are highly attracted to hairspray? I felt like I was in a Pentecostal revival. All the hands went up like this. But you get into a cave like that, away from natural light, there'll come a point where we're going to say, kill the lights. Be, be in this very steady, safe place, hold somebody's hand, kill the lights. Nothing. Nothing. Total darkness underground, nothing. 
little bit later, he takes out a book of matches, pulls one match loose, strikes it. We're in a rotunda. Okay, we're not talking a room. We're talking about a room three times bigger than this. That little match, it illuminated the whole rotunda. Because the darker it gets, the less light you need. And when you cry out to God and say, I'm losing the family. I'm so frustrated. I'm afraid. I'm angry. God, help me. When darkness is at its peak, that's when light works its best. A sincere faith shines in darkness. But lastly, it's one of my favorite little models or slogans. You've probably seen it on our sign a couple of times over the years. That's this. Kindness is always in season. Kindness, it's always in season. Being kind to somebody that's trying to turn left out of Zoomers onto Colonial Heights Road. What are you doing? You're not going to make it, buddy. You're not going to get out. You've made a blunder. You best just turn right, swing around, come in the back way. It's a lot less trouble. You're not going to get out. But kindness says, you know, I've made a few dumb traffic decisions. Come on. Come on. It's okay. It's kindness. It's kindness to see a child in, a, in the store or restaurant and give them a dollar. There's not much in Cracker Barrel you can buy, but those kids will find it. Just kindness. I was uh, in Cracker Barrel last week, and I noticed uh, there's an African-American family coming in. I was by myself, just a quick lunch. I saw them come in, and they were oh, so excited to be there. They were running, trying to get in place. And the Lord really spoke and said, some people question Cracker Barrel's kindness toward ethnic groups. Let's do something about that. And so um, I was checking out and I bought some candy, jelly beans, bag of jelly beans, all kinds of flavors. There were four or five kids. I just walked over to them and I said, hey, I saw you coming in. I've not seen kids that excited to eat before. So let me give you a little appetizer. My kids always like jelly beans. So well, here you go. And they were like, kindness. Kindness at a family reunion when you could give a piece of your mind, but to be honest, you probably don't really have a lot to spare. So be kind. Just ask questions. Chat with them. Talk with somebody that doesn't have anybody sitting with them. Be kind. Because kindness can transform a family. Kindness can change everything. It can bring us together. It can illustrate the life of Jesus. So when you're about ready to give somebody down the road in your family... You're about to be uncompassionate. You've just 
They've worn out their welcome. Just remember, kindness is always in season. And in the immortal words of a certain prophet from Alabama, that's all I got to say about that. Trust God when family gets complicated. Well, I uh, wanted to share a little word with you here at the end of the day. It's so important to worship. I ran into somebody this weekend, and they said, you know, we, we really need to get back in church. And I said, yeah, you, you can homeschool your kids, but you really can't duplicate what church does for them. Church is community. It's being together, being united. It's, it's knowing that while I'm singing a song of faith, my heart's secretly breaking inside. There's other people that struggle too. And we're all singing the songs of faith because God is so good. That's why I like to get together with you all.